You're tuning in to Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find our way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. Boogalit would know the answers. Boogalit knows the spoilers. Lies. Deception. Spoilers. Thank you, Saw Guerrera and Boogalit. Again, this is your spoiler and adult content warning. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Good. I've been recruiting through the rebellion for a long time. We destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day, they grow stronger. What's your call sign? Rogue One? No. How about Spectre Radio? And we are back for very <laughs> this, nice. This next episode. Did you like that? This I next like that episode, um, covering one of our favorite outside of the trilogies, Rogue One, and uh, we are super excited to get this off the ground and we're gonna start by having andrew uh give us a recap of the film former scientist galen urso lives on a farm with his wife and young daughter Jin. this peaceful existence comes crashing down when the evil orson krennic takes him away from his beloved family many years later galen becomes the empire's lead engineer for the most powerful weapon in the galaxy the death star Knowing that her father holds the key to its destruction, Jin joins forces with a spy and other resistance fighters to steal the space station's plans for the Rebel Alliance. Thank you, Andrew. Let's jump right into our first segment that we like to call Access in the Archives. So I actually have a couple of things this time. I'm actually prepared and have notes. Look at um, you, huh? So something that I didn't notice watching but now that i've heard other people talk about it so the the fight on scarif they actually pulled scenes from the original trilogy that was unused what yeah i didn't it's, know you talking about the pilots right yeah the the actual fighter pilots you know flying the x-wings and the y-wings they they pulled original oh. footage that was not used from the original oh, trilogy 
I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, now that you say that, I totally, re- when they were saying like red leader and gold leader again. Uh-huh. All that. Yeah. They just oh, had to kind cool. of redefine and remaster the audio and the CG. And it was, it was used in, in this movie. That's so great. And I did notice um, the one thing that you brought up um, in one of our most recent pods, Andrew, where you were like, oh, the two 16s are. I noticed that too. I noticed it. And I was like, I know things now. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so smart. I'm beginning to think that's all stormtroopers talk about. I mean, they can't talk about their aim. Oh my God. Because there's nothing to talk about. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then my other access to the archives. So, Borgla, this little worm looking huge worm little. Looking, little. sorry huge worm looking thing hey size um, matters okay let's it a- just say that it actually took 12 puppeteers to 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 move this thing across the across the the sound stage dang and then they had to go in and um add a whole bunch of cg for like its slime and slobber and mouth and all that but andrew do you I know this is the first time in live action that we get to see this creature. Do we hear or see of it in anywhere else in the in the canon? Not that I'm aware of. And the second you started talking about it, I'm like, why it's gonna ask me about this? And I have not looked. That's <laughs> how one do you of the know few I was things looking right at you. When I was saying that. I'm like, how did I know <laughs> that he's gonna ask me the one thing I haven't looked up on Wikipedia before? The one <laughs> the one thing I do know about these creatures is that they actually would freeze them to kind of preserve them and then thaw them out for when they needed them. So they would freeze them in carbonite and then thaw them out for when they actually needed them. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So good job. Well, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know something that Andrew doesn't. And it's on recording. So you can play this wow. back later. Oh, Incredible. Wow. This is the best What a moment. Ever. Somebody note the date and time <laughs> <laughs> for the history books. For the history books. Well, I have uh, quite a few um, per usual. Um, so Alan uh, Tudyk, is am I, am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. So he was uh, K2SO. And obviously you guys probably know him from like Firefly and a bunch of his notable voice acting mm-hmm. roles. Um, he was actually filmed outside of like a robotic suit. He was in one of those like CGI suits with like all the dots on it. Mm-hmm. and uh k2so's head was like mounted on his shoulders on like what looked like a field goal post almost like two really b- big long bars they did that with ultron and james spader oh did yeah. they too mm-hmm. really? that's cool so like the actors still got to do like the physicality of it and and not the just the voice yeah so i thought that was kind of neat um there was so much great cgi in this film, um, you know, it, it used something very similar to what they did um, later on, you know, with the Mandalorian shooting on the soundstage with like a video backdrop that was like live, that looked like live scenery. So that was one of the ways they mm-hmm. filmed. Um, but also, you know, towards the end during that scene that we're going to talk about in just a moment, um, we get spoiler alert, uh, young Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. And did you guys know that she didn't know about that at all? And that was like a surprise for her? I thought she, she had passed, passed already, no? This came out. In t- this was in 2016. So I oh, think she passed in 17, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This this movie okay. came out December of 2016. So I mm-hmm. think um 
I don't know if it was like when the movie premiered or before then the timeline, you'll have to Google that. I'm not sure, but, but um, okay. what I just, I gotcha. uh, yeah, but what I just read basically like they told her and they showed her um, the final scene and she saw it and she was like floored. She had no idea that it was CGI and she was like super happy with the results. So I thought that was just like a little neat thing. Cause we love Carrie Fisher so much for sure. Um, two other things. Um, did you know with the scenes with um, Chirrut, you know, the blind guy, the force is one with me and I'm one with the force, that a lot of those scenes where he's um, doing a lot of the martial arts moves with the stick, that they filmed them in slow motion to get all of the, you know, connections and hits correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, doing all of that, like, quick pace action, but, like, really slow, <laughs> like, wow, to try to get it um, just right, so. I didn't know that one. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like, especially the scene where he's fighting um, that group of stormtroopers. It said, um, in the article I read, it said, those epic scenes, scenes have to be slowed down in order to work. That's what, hap that's what happened in this photo that they show in the article. As Donnie Yen perfects every step of the scene so Chirrut's feet can look as impressive as they ended up to begin, um, as they ended up being in the final version of the film, excuse me. So I thought that was really neat <laughs> that yeah. they filmed it in slow-mo. And then my last uh, fun fact for Access the Archives here is we get an R2 and a C-3PO cameo in this movie. And I like forgot all Very about quickly. it. Very yes. Yeah, and it was so good. Um, and so a fun fact about that, did you guys know that Anthony Daniels is the only Star Wars actor to be in every major Star Wars film? Mm -hmm. Like Aww. literally in a physical presence, right? Yeah. So I thought so that I was- I think Kenny Baker had passed by then. So the R2 guy. So I think he right. had passed by then. Correct, correct. Take that, Mark Hamill. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, well, you know, Mark Hamill wasn't in the first couple of movies in the prequels. So that's that's kind of the the idea yeah. there is, you know, C-3PO's been around for all of it, which is cool. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I had for my Access the Archives. I just have a, a couple. Um, one of them is about... Uh, it's, his name is Donnie Yen, right? For Cheer It? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so he, all, I've read that he almost didn't take the role and his kids were like, are you freaking crazy? You take what? that role. And I think it was like his decision to be blind. Oh, that's cool. So that makes it so much cooler. I mean, we um, just talked about Kanan and how that was really neat seeing him be a force wielder and, and you know, really rely on those senses much, those other senses so much more. But yeah, was, on, was he a force wielder or was he just sensitive to the force? No, because so the temple that they were guarding was one of the oldest Jedi temples. Well, the area had a, an old Jedi temple. What they were actually guarding, um, they were the guardians of the wills, which have to do with that episode of Clone Wars in season six where Yoda goes off kind of learning how to become like a force ghost kind of. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that separate journey that he like, like basically broke out of the Jedi temple after he was like sick. Yeah, that's the, like that. the, the very end of season six. Yes, and those like, I don't want to call them ghosts, but those things appeared. Mm -hmm. The guardi the the wills, they're basically like the force manifested, and it's they're like the will of the force. So that's a mm. temple in. So the the force is like a religion, like not just for like the Jedi or the Sith. Right. But like peoples across the galaxy who had concepts of gods or goddesses yeah, like or Jin's even mom. a god. Yeah. Even even a god, it would be like 
like their gods would control the force kind of thing so it was it was a very universal thing in that galaxy so yeah that's so that's why he had such faith in it and i read that his stick had a kyber crystal at the end so and kyber crystals have a strong connection with the force so that's what made him fight so well and then the last the second one and the last one i have is diego luna who was uh casting andor I, i can't remember exactly what he said in the interview but he was like telling his friends and family and they were like, what do you mean you're in Star Wars? He goes, yeah, I'm in Star Wars. And he, they're just like, there are Mexicans in Star Wars? They're like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, he's just like, I know, I couldn't believe it myself, but here I am or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so. always like such a mind boggle to think about that because, you know, obviously a lot of these um, different accents and cultures origins are on Earth. Um, so it's like China, Mexico, we have a lot of different, um, Asian American or Hispanics um, in the Star Wars lore. So it's like, how does that work exactly? But well, also, also don't if, explain yeah. it to me because I don't care. I just want to appreciate it. Well, also, <laughs> if you look at the fact that, especially for the original trilogy, there was what, like one black guy? So, and it was Lando. <laughs> so the fact that it's like now being even more diverse is like what's surprising people. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Star Wars has always done a good job about um, highlighting women, but. Yeah, they're definitely getting better at, um, you know, really involving people of color, for sure. All righty. Well, let's move on to a part that I'm pretty excited about. Um, We're going to talk about our favorite scenes, but I'm pretty sure it's only going to be one scene. And I feel like most of our listeners are going to feel the same way. We've we've all been texting about that scene. We're literally calling it that scene. And it's, (laughs) no, (laughs) that's not it. Um, although that might that might be why it's actually but it's darth vader in in the hallway you know fighting the rebels so um yeah for me that was just um that was insane when that happened when i was watching it in theaters because at first i thought it was just gonna end right where a new hope picked off like literally on the same ship because i was like oh i'm like the inside of um of Admiral Radis's ship kind of looks like the inside of the blockade runner a little bit, at least that corridor. I was like, and now the rebels are like by the door waiting for it to be blasted open. I'm like, are they just going to like redo the opening scene of star Wars? I was like, I wasn't sure how I felt about that, but I was like, okay, that's not what they're doing. And then you hear the breath and you're just like, mm-hmm. holy freaking crap. And I was like, oh man, you know, these, these guys who are, you know, serving their planet, you know, instead of serving their country, these guys are about to get wiped out. You poor servicemen. I'm so sorry. You don't destroyed. stand a chance. They do not stand a chance. Um, so that was that was super cool for me. And something that it actually did look like for me was, I don't know if you guys played, you played the original Lego Star Wars games before it was the complete saga, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one was the prequel trilogy. And then the second one was the, the original trilogy, kind of opposite of how the movies came out. Right. So there was a bonus level at the end of the first one that was Leia and Captain yeah, Antilles on road. Right. So that ship looked different than it did in the second game, as far as what the inside of the ship looked like. And it actually looked more like Admiral Radis's ship. So I was like, mm. I, I doubt it. I probably am just overthinking this. It's probably something that's just sheer happenstance, but I'm wondering if that's kind of where they got some of the inspiration to do that. So that, that was pretty cool for me. Yeah. We know everything in Star Wars is connected, so. For sure. I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about that. Again, love this scene. I personally like the the Bogola scene, you know, with the interrogation with Saul Guerrero because he's he's my guy. But 
I'm I'm a fool for a lightsaber, especially especially Vader's. <laughs> and where we just get that glow with just him just standing there, just igniting it. And part of me wants to think, how long was he standing there just watching them kind of trying oh to figure gosh. out what was going on? Sick, twisted. And I'm going to bring this up in the next uh, three podcasts when we get into the original trilogy. But every time I see Vader, I think Anakin. Mm. And I'm like, that's Anakin Skywalker in mm. that suit. Well, it's 50% of Anakin Skywalker. It's he's the majority of four him. limbs. It's, it's oh his mind, gosh, his brain, Andrew. everything. Your head, your mind, and your brain. Well, what was that in uh in what was it? School Clone of Wars? Rock. In, no, well in Clone Wars <laughs> when uh when he, he's like talking to Ahsoka, Maul is talking to Ahsoka, he's like, What are you doing here? I wanted a Kenobi, you're not even a real Jedi. She's like, Well that that works because you're only half a Sith. Oh <laughs> I was like, Shots fired, shots fired. Yes. That is interesting that you that you think of um that you think of Anakin. Like sometimes I will. I'm just like like, how does that work for him? Like, is is the suit on the inside cold against his, you know, third degree burn flesh? Like, mm-hmm. like I know in like the writings, it's supposed every action he takes is supposed to be painful, which just mm. fuels him more to the dark side. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm always wondering about that too. I didn't I didn't know other people thought that way. Yeah. So well, we if, do get to. Sorry, go ahead. If we back up this a little bit in the movie where Director Krennic goes to Musafar to kind of talk to Vader about trying to keep credit for the for the death star yeah um one of my favorite um lines in this is don't choke on your aspirations director krennic and yes. my my wife was watching with us w- with me and she goes you know what i'm going to use that on one of my kids <laughs> she's <laughs> a teacher joker <laughs> no the no, line she, no she's going to use the line my cousin was just like was because she didn't see the movie, but she saw like a, a spoiler about it on, on the internet. She texted me. She goes, was there really a dad joke in Star Wars? Oh my She's gosh. like, and I was like, that was kind of a dad joke. Yeah. yeah that... Careful not to choke in your aspirations, director. Yeah, right. and I, you kind of read my mind there because I was thinking about right before that when he's in the back to tank. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, obviously he's starting to heal some of those burns and those other ailments that he has going on but honestly finally 19 years later if i'm if i'm vader i'd be pissed if this little weasel showed up to my my dungeon basically castle it's a castle summoned him is what happened right so he he could be pissed all he yeah he could be pissed all he wants but he (laughs) summoned him (laughs) it's like lord farquaad when he's in the bath (laughs) (laughs) pick number three my lord that guy comes in another shrek reference there we go yeah, so you're you know you know where his castle is, right? Mustafar. It's Mustafar. But where? I don't know the planet geography. Yeah, no. no. But like, <laughs> so the the I don't I don't want to call it a, a waterfall, but the lava fall that like he and Obi Wan were fighting on uh-huh. and had to like jump off of. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly where his oh. castle was. The Emperor is like, okay, not only am I putting your castle on the planet that you fudged up. I'm putting it on the same square foot that you fudged up. So wow. it's supposed, it's designed to piss Vader off. I love it. I love Musafar. That's great. Yeah, seems like a great place to vacation. <laughs> I said nice rolling tan. my eyes. With the lava moat. A tan? I saw no sun there. <laughs> You're on the sun. Well, um, that's no sun. Hate to back things up, but did you guys know that this scene almost didn't happen? Yeah, I read something about that. Yeah, Which scene, so the, the 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 hallway end, scene. The, really? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So um, basically the director, Gareth Edwards, and the editor, uh, Jabez Olson, were cutting the film together when Olson pointed out that he felt like it needed one more shot of Vader just being a undeniable badass, for lack of a better word. And this was four months prior to the movie's release date. So they pitched this to Kathleen Kennedy anyway, who, you know, she was the Lucasfilm chief at that point. And um, she loved it. She green-lighted it. And the resulting scene was completed in three days. Well, that filmed... wasn't the only scene that they had to, like, add on either. Yeah, like, yeah. Because if you saw commercials, there was um, Cassian and Jin or so running on the beach with the troops, with the data. With the data, right. So and originally, they weren't all going to die. Right, and like... Krennic was running in the water, and his cape was like behind him in the trailer yes. too, and that never made it in. Well, they they didn't think they wanted originally to kill off everybody, but they're like, "There's no way Star Wars and Disney are gonna go for this, so we're not even gonna try." So they're talking about it really late in in production, and they're just like, you know, I, I could picture it. Like, oh, I I know we were just gonna tell you this. You're probably gonna say no, but I I just want you to know what we were thinking. We wanted everyone to die. <laughs> but you know obviously you're not going to go for that now 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 hang on um you know that could work are, are, are you serious yeah yeah I'm, I'm thinking that could work because these guys aren't in any other movies it'd be the perfect way to kind of wrap that up mm. you want us to kill all the main characters you're disney you're you're okay with that yeah and disney's <laughs> like have you seen bambi or monsters inc or uh pocahontas or cinderella or, or this or that there's dead parents in every movie yeah um so, dead people in every movie. that's one of the reasons the new battlefront i think it was battlefront 2 game um the mission objectives are different than how the movie went because the game came out like right i think like right before the movie came out so they were like oh they changed some of the plot awkward okay <laughs> yeah so and in terms of the action this was the most fast-paced battle scene and when i was thinking about it i think really like realistically this scene was only 30 seconds 60 mm -hmm. seconds it was super short but it packed a huge punch just um i mean there's so much action that happens in that short amount of time and they really just up the stakes and you feel the tension and the urgency um that there are so many things that had to fall into place for this to go right the way that it did you know with the shield gate and the comms tower and finding the file and then getting it out of the thing and the elevator being jammed and so many things, right? And like that one moment where the cable wouldn't reach the comms tower, did anybody get like PTSD from um, Back to the Future? <laughs> like funny. where the cable wouldn't reach the clock tower and uh, Doc Brown goes, <gasps> like screams. That kind um, of bothered me. Why didn't he plug it in from the ship first? Yeah. That way he knows it'll reach by then. Now right. he has to like backtrack. Because I'm like, they were just trying to stress us out. Because oh, Star yeah, Wars. Sure. Well, he was probably stressed too. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get shot. I'm going to get shot. <laughs> yeah. And then grenade killed him. So there you go. But yeah, I think that was just really cool how they built the stakes. And, you know, he lifts that rebel into the ceiling and then with the other arm comes back around and slices his belly open with the lightsaber. And you're just like, dang. And he takes their weapons away. He's doing force choking, just all of it. And obviously it's just really cool to see this, um, you know, symmetry. And again, mirroring later on with um, Luke's spoiler alert scene in 
the last season of the Mandalorian here where he, you know, is on the opposite side of things. Um, but same idea, hooded figure with a lightsaber going down the hallway and mowing down the opposite team, the opposite side. So Or Maul's rampage in the last season of Clone Wars where he's just <laughs> sure, taking sure. doors and cutting people in half. And I'm like, oh right. my gosh. Right. But yeah, just unhinged and bloodthirsty and just raw, untamed power. Love it. So love it. The best one. Um, and then Can you just the way the movie that without that scene. No. It no. still would have been great, but it, it was sure, but it, that was like icing I, on the cake for sure. Right. And I think to Wyatt's point, it just seamless seamlessly tied these films together. And I just love how it so quickly just transitions into a new hope. And then you're like, okay, we're ready. Next. Um and it made me cry harder because you know rewatching this and you know obviously i remembered that you know um carrie fisher as princess leia reanimated cgi was in this but now the fact that she's gone makes you know makes it all that more emotional mm-hmm. and um for me as a girl it was just really cool to think about um obviously we had a lot of help ladies in this movie by a team full of men mostly men but the fact that um you know, we had a woman general who was leading the charge here uh, or whatever. And then we had um, a woman protagonist. Yes. A woman protagonist who's not even a Jedi, not force sensitive, but just got rallied to the rebel cause who, you know, risks her life and everything else. And um, all of a sudden is just in, in it to win it and makes it through, um, you know, so many obstacles only to, to succumb, you know, to the planet being destroyed. Um, for another woman to take up the torch, um, it just meant so much that it was just two badass ladies just leading the charge and literally like saving the galaxy, right? Obviously, you know, they didn't do it alone. They had a lot of help, but the fact that it was two women leading the way just always makes me like ready to kick down a door once the movie's over. Like, <laughs> I get so empowered. Oh boy. And I'm like, women's rights. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna um, hang you up a nice uh, punching bag. And yeah. it'll it'll save you money on the door. Right, exactly. <laughs> so awesome. Well, I know we could absolutely pick apart that scene forever because it's just so great. Um, but I think we should move on to our what ifs. Um, so in this category, obviously we are um just speculating on certain plot points and what would have happened if things were different. So I will start off by asking what if Krennic was stuck in the elevator for the rest of the movie? <laughs> that's funny that's funny no help, okay i just I had, I had to get that joke in there i was just like what if he never got out um i thought that was funny no um what do you guys think about what if saw instead of staying what if he decided to go and es- try to escape the collapsing planet he would have made was- it he's too slow that was still so weird to me. I will run no longer. I, are you yeah. sure? It you, was like, you literally ran from of, everything. It literally felt like a captain going down with the ship, but it's like the whole planet. <laughs> I will run no even longer. your planet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in theory, if, you know, he could have been carried by K2SO or something like. I think he would have been jailed by the, by the rebels. Mm. No, they were, t- I don't, maybe some of them would have wanted to for sure, but he's Mon not Mothma trustworthy. Would- Mon Mothma at the beginning was just like, we may have no choice but to mend that broken relationship. So some of the other council members probably would have wanted to jail him. I think it would have kind of split the vote in the, right down the middle of people who 
especially because he would have he's seen the recording so he could have talked about it but again you said he's not trustworthy and, and you're right so they would have all it would have. i think it would have just made it even more of a debate but the fact that he's definitely not aligned with the empire and that was one of their biggest problems believing Jin was that you know her dad's imperial uh she's a thief and uh, the imperial pilot mm-hmm. so it would it would have added a different right. dynamic that's a really good point. I hadn't considered that how he would really shift the dynamic with the other they, they, they new rebels still been on the debatable, team. Debatable, but like they they couldn't say that. Oh, this is an imperial plot. Now they could say you're insane or you're a terrorist. They could say those things, or just they could be like, hey, we don't want to do this because we're scared. They could do that, but they can't say it's an imperial plot at that point. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That was that was gonna be my what if, but I changed it today. So. Ooh. That's okay. I had a whole list just in case because I know <laughs> you guys are really good with these. So. We tend to have but, the same brainwaves when it comes to Yes, this. we do. Group, the group think, the group mind. My what if was going to be because so when they're on uh, Edu and, you know, it's raining and the, they, they had er- the Alliance had already sent the X-Wings and the Y-Wings in to like do their little bombing run. Um, one, I had a question, how did they miss that shuttle on the landing pr- platform, but hit everything else that was smaller than it? Um, I'm like, really? Like you hit like guys that are like six, five, six feet because tall and you Star can't Wars. hit the shuttle. Yeah. So my question would have been, cause they were just like, no, no, no. T- tell them that, you know, we have Alliance forces on site. And uh, he's like, well, they're already engaged. So why did they have to talk to Alliance Command in Yavin 4 a quarter of the way across the galaxy instead of just radioing the incoming ships and being like, hey, I know you're coming in at flank speed. Maybe. you got your attack vectors, but you can just, you know, even if you have to pull up and just not squeeze the trigger, can't you, like, Maybe that? because that frequency might have been monitored and they don't want to give up their position? I I mean, I guess, yeah. So they were, they were sending encoded frequencies back and forth, so... They just may not have had the capability to do that on the X-Wings. But so my, my what if would have been what if they could have, you know, hold, hold that off for a second, not get bombed. And they grabbed Galen Urso. Would they have one Cassian probably would have gotten in trouble, but like, would they have taken him to the Senate? Mm. Like they talked about and like, cause then they would still need to go to, you know, um, Scarif potentially for the, for the, you know, the reactor module weakness kind of thing yeah. so what do you guys think would happen with the rest of the movie if they got galen or so out yeah that's a good question i think to your point um obviously at that point in the plot cassian had really shifted his mindset and decided not to kill him um thankfully which is good and um it was very interesting to hear chirrut's um thoughts on that whole situation how you know the force moves um darkly around someone that's about to make a bad decision i think i say that sometimes when my dad's looking at me (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think the film said it a lot more eloquently than i just did but you know the explanation that he had of you know why he didn't have a great feeling and then k2so being like oh yeah his gun was in the sniper position like okay friend thanks for the spoiler traitor um but was he though yeah i think obviously you know he wasn't um gonna gonna kill him anymore try to uh you know snipe him but um i think he definitely could have pleaded his case and you know having his daughter there as a witness would have been helpful um 
but I don't really know. I think, you know, to your point, like he would have been somewhat of a prisoner still. Uh, mm-hmm. But who knows, like if he got in front of Mon Mothma and the other rebel leaders, like, you know, who have a history with him versus some of these other people that are, you know, like Cassian, who don't, doesn't know him from Adam, you know what I mean? Doesn't want to give the guy a chance. Um, who knows what have happened? That's, that's a really good what if. So Galen, Galen, you know, bottom line is an imperial scientist. You know, his, his information, granted, he, he turned because he realized what he was doing was bad. Um, I still think the rebels would have treated him like a criminal for designing this ship against, against his will. And I'm not sure. You don't really see the rebels, like, torturing, like, Imperials, like, the way, no. the, the, way the Empire does. No, it's the main, the main group of rebels don't do that. Like Mon Mothma, I think, said that in season four of Rebels when like Saw's calling her out and he's like, you, you know, you torture criminal, you know, you torture the Empire's people, you, you kill innocent hostages, blah, blah, blah. So he might do that. But the rest of the rebels, you're right, don't do that. So it'd be different. Right. Well, I think as far as like kind of what Alyssa just touched on with, you know, girl power in this movie, I think it would have taken away her, her lead if he would have survived. If he would have been his, in his shadow kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I agree. It would have been all about him because he's the one that had this, this um, time bomb in the, in the plans. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Would have definitely taken away from, um, Jin being, you know, the protagonist. Right. So this actually segues really good into my question. So my question is, what if Galen, at the very beginning of the movie, refused to go work for the Empire? And what would Krennic have done? And so my my two trains of thought is, I don't think he would have killed him because he's too um, valuable. Like he flew halfway across the galaxy to this farm to find him. And two, would he have just taken him anyway and kind of just enslaved him essentially with what he did? But what if Galen absolutely refused to and basically, you know, died of starvation? Like, Mm. what move would the Empire have had? Because I doubt they put all their eggs in one basket. Well, obviously, we get another technician later on to rebuild the damn thing um, (laughs) in in another film. Death Star 2. And I think, um, you know, he brought that point up and said, the only reason why I decided to do this was because I knew that they would find somebody else. He said, they might not have been the best person. Um, they might not have been as smart as me or the best engineer or know the empire the way that I do, but they would have assembled a team of people to get it done either way. So he said, you know, I'm just going to, just give in and and um, be a, a man on the inside and really just, you know, <laughs> put in a kill switch where you shouldn't have a kill switch and see what happens. So, so did you think he put in the kill switch after he went back or before he left? Well, I mean, he explains that he put it back. He put it in when he oh, went okay. back. I, I missed that. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's kind of his whole logic. So, I mean, to your point, if he refused to go back, um, his, that was his fear is that he would be killed. And he was like, I don't want to be killed over this because then what's the point? Like, he's just going to find somebody else to do it. It's, it's kind of like, you know, he's an engineer. It's like finding anybody else to, to do that same job, you know? And 
Um, money's a motivator, but so is fear. And, you know, if Keeping it wasn't life. <laughs> right, if it wasn't his family that he was threatening or his life that he was threatening, he'd be doing it to somebody else. Um, and, you know, he was the quote unquote best man for the job, which is why he did fly halfway across the galaxy to find him. Um, you know, of course, sadly, at the expense of his wife and his daughter. But no, I genuinely believe him when he said he he would have been killed. So I think um, he probably would have just been murdered. Or like you said, if he did, you know, just go along with it and refuse, he would have starved to death. Um, mm -hmm. I think yeah. obviously the whole Urso family has like that will and that force in them um, where like they are very stubborn. <laughs> the dad and the daughter seem to be that way. So they, if they want to dig their heels in and get their way and just kind of stick it to the empire, um, they'll do it, you know, with their ribs showing and going For out sure. dehydrated. <laughs> For sure. He would have, he would have had one of his death troopers stun him, dragged him on the ship. If, if he could find the family to use as like a, a, a hostage or like an incentive, mm -hmm. Hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to torture your family kind of thing. But they, you know, at least one of them would have been hidden, you know, Jin would have been hidden and they couldn't find her. So he, I mean, he could have offed himself if he chose not to he didn't even have to right. like, starve himself he could have like you know it's like oh we went by his cell this morning and he's hanging by his tie so like he could have there are my point was there are ways that he could have <clears throat> he could have died right. so uh, I, I i think yeah he definitely made the decision to put that trap in there um but as far as what the empire would have done they, I mean, they probably can make you eat. They probably can inject IV you with all the nutrients. Like yeah. yeah, they can inject you with the nutrients that you need. If they can do it here on Earth, they can do it there. Right. So it's just he would have he would have to, like, you know, kill himself if he really chose not to, I think, which is pretty dark for Star Wars. Right. But. And then my, my second what if is what if Chirrut lost a different sense? So what if he wasn't blind? What if he lost his hearing, his touch or his even his um whatever other senses there are his smell and taste smell. yeah so, so what asking, if what just... if he wasn't daredevil <laughs> basically <laughs> well i think the original comic adaptation of daredevil was he was deaf which i don't know how well that would work considering he like allegedly served in world war ii so i, I would want to hear at that point in time for sure i don't know how would that work I don't think it would have been as cool. Like, obviously, we just kind of talked about how it's neat that you were just coming off the Rebels run and we're getting somewhat of a connection here. Um, a, a few, you know, with Hera's name drop as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he was deaf, that could have still been um, somewhat interesting where, you know, he can't hear when people are sneaking up behind him or you know, when all the chaos is going around, but it's like definitely... he could smell it or he could feel it through the floor kind of thing. Right, that would be cool. Right, exactly. I, I know deaf people and, and some of them, you know, like the, their alarm clock will shake their bed um, or like they'll have their phone on vibrate all the time so they know when it goes off. So um, I think there's so much to be said about trusting the force and that was the choice why they, they chose it to be vision, right? Is because... Um, without your sight, you have, you have so much darkness, right? And this person was still pulled to the light. And um, it's so hard to trust where you're stepping or um, trust a person who's guiding you somewhere if you can't see, if you've ever done those like 
team building trust exercises where you I have to wear a blindfold and not by sight kind of thing literally. exactly walk by faith and not by sight and um you know like the cheesy phrasing even is you know like um seeing isn't believing believing is seeing you know santa like, claus 1994 from the santa claus right exactly so wow. i think that just made it way more significant and such a better tie to him saying i'm one with the force and the force is one with me and it um really you know impacting his brother the way that it did wow those were some great what ifs guys good job on that <laughs> uh so let's transition into our final segment so we keep renaming this segment because we don't know what we like and how to keep going so basically personal best and worst uh parts of this movie so i love the apart from you know the whole Saul Guerrero scene with um with the worm is the when the death star is attacking jetta city um you know we have just a snippet of the raw power this weapon is capable of you know and they say it's a single reactor test it's not a full reactor test it's a single reactor test mm -hmm. single reactor ignition you may fire when ready so <laughs> they are just kind of teasing everybody with what this weapon can do and w when it hits the city you're just watching the earth unfold and it is so aesthetically pleasing to watch this scene over and over again that i actually watched this psychopath said like a true sith so <laughs> Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Um, <laughs> but like, I first watched this in the in the movie theater back when movie theaters were a thing. Um, <laughs> back in my day. Okay, um, Grandma, let's get you to bed. <laughs> and you know, watching this in 16K or whatever movie theaters, <laughs> you watch and and just watching everything unfold, and it's so raw and so real. Um, that was my most favorite and i don't really have a least favorite i really enjoyed everything from this movie i enjoyed the battle on on, on edu um i love the setting that they picked for that kind of like a rainy like stormy stormy planet yeah and then they completely jump ships and go to tropical scarf which is not <laughs> like beautiful the there oh my yeah. gosh i would never get any work done i would just stare at those waterfalls the whole time <laughs> beyond the beach go chasing waterfalls <laughs> um but can we um just appreciate what they did with grandma talking with yes uh, that's fantastic. my favorite that's what i have as my favorite uh, so i fantastic. know he died in 94 so he died way the actor i can't remember his name peter um, cushing yes he died way before this was um even a thought with lucas and i know there was a lot of um a lot of complaining that you know what about post-mortem rights you know because mm. you're 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 using you know his a, likeness his likeness right. and for profit essentially mm -hmm. and i don't know how they got past it um but that's not something you're really thinking about when you're creating this movies is you know oh crap what what does his family think what does you know his his agents or whatever back then think but they did a terrific job with insane and he's um, not like the easiest person to like render his likeness those cheekbones or something else right so from what i gathered they had an actual actor you know kind of like what Alyssa said with um with k2so they had someone with like all the the dots and everything on them that way they could e make Track it the movements yeah. yeah yeah make it easier for them to 
track movement and to, but like the voice work is phenomenal. It's mm. flawless. The whole sequence is so good. And that's, I'm going to kind of step on your toes here because that's what I had as my, my favorite and the best. And, um, I wanted to do a little experiment, Uh-oh. um, to see and if... that's what we have time for guys. <laughs> <laughs> not with you guys. You're not my subjects. You're not the guinea pigs. I wanted to do an experiment to see if someone who did not know that he was CGI could figure it out. Um, so as we love to pick on my mother, I'm going to bring her up again. <laughs> this is what you were referring to. <laughs> this is what I was referring to oh, in our okay. group chat. I was like, oh my God, I just did something with my mom and I, I can't tell you because it'll spoil it and I'll save it for the podcast. So. I was watching this film on, I think it was like Sunday morning or Saturday during the day. It was like super lazy day and uh, my mom was home. And so I was struck with this idea and I was like, I bet she has no clue. I bet she's never even seen this movie because I had asked her a couple nights before if she wanted to watch it. Cause I was like, you don't have to know much about Star Wars to appreciate this film because it's, you know, kind of like a standalone thing. It sets up a lot, you know, in the canon and you can appreciate that if you are a Star Wars fan, but the plot is so good that you don't have to be fully in it to appreciate it. I think that would be a fair assessment. And she was like, yeah, I'm really tired, <laughs> which I think meant, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to watch it because mm-hmm. um, I think she still stayed up and watched something else. But um, so I, I drew her into my room and I was like, so I need you to watch something for me. Just watch this clip and let me know what your thoughts are. And that's all I said. I didn't tee it up or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had her watch that first sequence where we're introduced to him while he's looking at the, the Death Star out the window and we get to see his reflection on the, on the window, which was really cool. So I have her watch that scene with him and Krennic. And once it's over, you know, it does, it pans back to the window and it's his reflection. And so I paused that and I said, what are your thoughts? And she was like, um, yeah, it just sounds like a bunch of bad guys are plotting and that's it. And I was like, did you notice anything weird? Like anything off? Like, you know, the fact no- that he's dead, nothing <laughs> like, yeah, nothing. And she was like, no, it doesn't look strange at all. And I was like, what if I told you <laughs> that what the actor, what if I told you that the actor you just saw in that scene died in 1994? And she was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, yeah. And they like, you know, computer generated his image and um, you can, you can somewhat tell, but I think, you know, and I will make this bold claim and say that this is the best one Star Wars has done. Probably for sure. Period. Period. Like the princess Leia one was really good. And the Luke one we see later is really good. And the Luke and Leia one we see later, later when she's doing her Jedi training is good. But this one is just chef's kiss. Perfect. what was that? So yeah, it was chef's oh, kiss. Chef's kiss. Okay. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, so yeah, it was so good that um, my poor mother, sorry to, to make fun of you a little bit, mom, who has no, no idea anything about Star Wars, but still listens to this podcast. So thank you. Um, Thanks, Alyssa's mom. Could, could not tell that Thanks, it was Angie. CGI. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. To, and I was like, yay, like, it's so good. Like it totally convinced her. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was a, a cool little nugget. But... So to, to kind of prove your point, Alyssa, when I when I did watch Rogue One, I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan. I wanted to watch it because there was a new film out at the time. 
and I didn't think of it. I thought, okay, cool, another another actor. Right. And then when you know when I started getting into more and more Star Wars, like 2018, 17, 18, I went back and rewatched it. I'm like, wait a second, he died a long time ago. Oh, right. that's CG. Right. Damn. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It just it blows me away watching it over and over again. And I think that's why I, I have such an affinity for him as a character now is because we kind of get a little origin story there and we see him again, you know, in the animated series like we've talked about. But anytime his likeness comes up, I'm like, ooh, like I just get all jazzed. <laughs> and I think it's just because of that um, specific part. But I also had um, a note that I really liked all of the classic line call outs in the film. So we got uh, It's a Trap. We got Punch It twice, just in case you missed the first one, because it was mm -hmm. a stressful scene when he said it. And Wyatt, I don't know if you heard, I'm sure Andrew um, noted it. We even get a Carabast. Where? Yeah, when Hello. they're on Scarif and um, yeah. the, the ad ads. He goes, Carabast! Ad oh, Yeah. I like literally rewound it and put the subtitles on and then press play just to be like, just I'm not confirm. hearing things yeah, right. Was, just uh, to confirm. Was that little alien pal. Yeah, yeah. it was a little creature guy. We also yeah. got, um, I have a bad feeling about this, but he cut him off. Oh, you're right. I, you're Cassie and I have a bad feeling about the Kate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he did a lot of, you know what the odds are? And, you know, we get a whole, I friggin you know, love that. never tell me the odds and all of the quotes about the odds. So I thought that was great. But on the yeah, other Sheldon hand, Sheldon was really good in that. Oh, no, sorry, not, <laughs> not Sheldon Cooper, K2SO. <laughs> yeah, another Sheldon Cooper-like droid. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, I was going to say, we get so many more um, classic lines on top of that, right? So we get, you know, Princess Leia saying hope, which isn't, you know, a direct call out or quote. Um, we get that whole sequence that's just so good that I could watch over and over again of what chance do we have? what choice do we have? And she launches into that, you know, soapbox of her rebellion speech. Rebellions are built on hope. We get that twice. And then we've already mentioned um, this one, of course, be careful not to choke on your aspirations, right. <laughs> uh, which was so good. And the last one I had was, um, of course, the I'm one with the force and the force is one with me. And I feel like Anytime I'm in a tight situation, I just like will tell myself that <laughs> and feel better. So you're driving um, down I four through downtown oh Tampa my and you're gosh, screaming right? at yourself. Yeah, for sure. I I um, what about in the beginning? I don't know if you guys noticed that Jin had as a little girl, she had all those like stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. It made me think of like the creature stall at Galaxy's Edge where you can get like those little dolls and toys and things. Um, how about like Krennic found a stormtrooper doll? like why does she have that is that like a gi joe in the star wars i feel like, kind of. I feel like she made that i mean, I mean she might have but still like why would you make a toy out of the bad guy like, well because her her dad used to work for the government and that's oh, the government so yeah like, maybe it was like a gift to her even yeah that those were her toys back when oh, he was yeah. still working for the government because he started off yeah. as a scientist in the republic like right. during the clone war that's a good point point. and then, yeah so that that's yeah. what i thought of it because at first for i was sure. like why do you have a stormtrooper oh that makes sense <laughs> yeah so we get a stormtrooper gi joe doll and uh, we see some blue milk. So shout out to Galaxy's Edge again, <laughs> just coming in clutch everywhere. 
Um, I just like that whole opening sequence too with the death troopers. The noise that they make is just so cool and spooky and Those different. Those things are awesome. It's yeah, a, it's a they're voice so scrambler cool. so other people can't hear what they're talking about. Right. It's really cool. Yeah. That's really neat. They're, they're, what they are is, and I didn't know this until after, they are like genetically modified super soldiers. So like they're called death troopers because most people don't even know if they're actually like fully alive anymore because they were experimented on so much that they're just like you know kill follow orders it's like it's like are are you all still up there in your mind like what so that's great i i heard in one of the thrawn books a death trooper talk without his helmet oh and it was free like he is obviously his voice wasn't scrambled but his voice was freaking weird so like they even experimented like on their voice boxes. Everything head to toe oh, is like super soldier. It's like good lord. Yeah, that's definitely creepy. Um, the other thing that I wrote that I really liked was um, for people like my mom, the explanations of the planets with all of that like rap- rapid sequence of <laughs> cutting from planet to planet, and you're disoriented and you're like, wait, where are we now? And we visited so many different planets that they were just kind of like, let me spoon feed you <laughs> the information. Um, Cause they did it a couple times in the prequels, but they were like very consistent with it in this movie, um, which I appreciated. Um, should notice, I, um, the planet that they rescued Jin from, it was called uh, Wobani. If you rearrange those letters, it spells Obi-Wan. Oh, That's why they did that. yeah. no, shoot. That was Dang. pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that until like a year after. Who thought of that? I, they do stuff like that sometimes. I don't, yeah, I don't, that is I don't cool. Know. My um, um, my my final um, like, and actually, uh, Lissa kind of triggered this for me. So, um, but Chirrut. So when they're when they're leaving Yavin Four, heading to to Scarif, and Jen's kind of giving them the, the mission brief, and she signs off and was like, "May the force be with you," and he like like stabs his his staff with like amazement because he feels so validated you know yes someone finally gets it mm-hmm. right, right. I, I i like that. that that made me feel very prideful inside wow you actually liked when somebody said may the force be with you we need the, to document this moment too the only time <laughs> you're in a weird mood today friend <laughs> i was about to say you would not make a good catholic quiet Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and also that. with you <laughs> yeah and also with you um so it's kind of hard to pick a favorite part because i liked so much of the movie and i know i just just read like 20 minutes of notes sorry (laughs) you're fine um i I didn't have anything i didn't like for sure what i didn't have anything i didn't like oh i had some dislikes that i haven't gotten into yet (laughs) um i like i liked the battle on scarif and then the the fleet in space because like you don't see it in episode four and all you see is a couple of like transports and the medical frigate in episode five when they're like you know scattered from the empire but episode six you get you know a decent sized rebel fleet so now we get to see what their fleet looks like bridging the gap from rebels where they start off with just like the ghost or a couple little corvettes and some a-wings and it, it bridged off and now it's like a bunch of corvettes you even got a Mon Calamari cruiser for the first time, um, technically. Yeah, that was Cannon. cool. Right. Um, and it was different. It was it was differently designed, so that was super cool. But I love, I love pretty much everything that they're like the rebels have. How it's like so mix mix match. 
because that's that's one of the reasons they were able to like fight the empire as well as they did considering they were like a fledgling I, I do that with air quotes for those of you who can't see me, which is everybody else, a fledgling rebel alliance because they have starfighters that have shields and they're fighting short range TIE fighters that don't, and they don't even have hyperdrives. The Alliance ships do. They have, they don't just show up with big giant capital ships that are bulky, which the empire does. They're just like, Oh, we've got these big starter stories. We're going to throw those in there and, and that's going to solve all of our problems. Well, when you have, you know, aircraft that are firing missiles at your, you know, shields and your fighters can't stop them, you're going to lose like all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. And I like that we get to see like other rebel troopers. Um, the, the group that went with Jin and Cassian, they were called the Pathfinders, um, which I, I'm pretty sure are just like, um, like U.S. Air Force Special Forces or like uh, Army Rangers. And then a a few of the other guys were just like rebel Marines. But interestingly enough, um, the group on Endor that Han took was also a group of Pathfinders. Mm. So they kind of like links that a little bit. But I I, I like I like their the way they have like their camo and all their gear. It makes them look like, you know, Earth militaries like Russia, America, whatever. You know, that's it's kind of what it looks like. It makes it more realistic. And especially if you know, like most of their blasters are like either Korean war or world war two mocked up weapons. So that that's really cool to me. I, I love anything the rebels have. And the fact that we yeah. get X wings all over the place. That was, uh, that was, that was, that was it for me. We I mean, got I like the your, whole movie. your brother's favorite, um, Y wings. Yeah. There Brian were quite a, quite a few Y-wings. of those too. Yeah. So, and then we, we also got, I know you guys talked about it earlier, C3PO and R2. We also have a very, even more brief chopper. He just scrolls by very even, it's even quicker than R2 and C3PO's cameo. Oh yeah. Where? I miss um, all these little think, nuggets. I think it's like one of the shots that you see the ghost in um, when it's on the ground. Cause you see the ghost when it's on the ground on Yavin. So oh. you see him uh, strolling by. I'm like, and I, I missed it. In the movie, I, I didn't miss the ghost, but I missed Chopper until like someone was posting pictures on oh, Facebook yeah. after I the can movie see came it. out. There's some YouTube clips, so we'll have to post that to social so you guys can see. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ah, that's so cool. I'm looking at it, and it's circled. It's it's kind of like, because you know they started off as rebel cells, and now they all came together, and now it's all kind of full circle, because they met each other, R2 and Chopper. I think it was like the second episode of Rebels the episode was called like droids in distress or something like that. So it's, it's nice mm-hmm. to see it like all come full circle. And now like the rebel Alliance is actually like a big group. So it, it was, it was pretty cool to see how they just gathering their full forces and then everyone wanted to quit. I'm like, bro, you just got here. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much that for me. Yeah. My dislikes. I had just a few because again, this movie was so great and there were, only a few moments that were kind of tough. The first thing I had was the Empire is snatching babies again? Question <laughs> mark. Um, just like, why do we have to keep kidnapping minors? Like, leave the babies alone. He was like, they have a child. Find it. I'm like, just let find the it. like not come even on. find her. Right? Like, he they don't knows, even. He knows that it's a daughter. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, he's that's trying to maybe cool. like dehumanize the situation. Um. I had trouble this time rewatching when Cassian shot the guy with the broken arm. Um, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that, but I, 
I get why he made the decision because he was literally pushed up against a wall and stuck between a rock and a hard place and had to get out of there. But I don't, yeah, I mean, I just, I really struggled with him killing some dude who was like mostly innocent. Yeah, it, it was kind of hard to watch. Um, the only thing that kind of saved it for me is that you can instantly tell after he shot him, you can look in his eyes and you could see that he did not want to do that. Sure. And even, even like when he had his sniper trained on Galen, I think what really changed it for him wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. like Jin being there or the fact that like he cares about Jin. Um, but he, he, he saw Galen run and like in the line of fire of his, of his scientists who were about to be executed. And that, and you could see it in his eyes again. I don't, I don't know what it is that Diego Luna puts in his eyes that he can just do things like that. But that was the instant you kind of saw that he was just like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. Um, so I, that, that kind of saved it for me because at first I was just like, but I, but I like Cassian, but he just murdered that guy with the gimpy hand. Like it's kind of <laughs> rude. So I, I didn't yeah. know how to feel about it I for mean, a while. They try to give it you know, some context by the guy saying, oh, I'll never get out of here with my arm. And you're like, okay, well, that justifies the murder, I suppose. Well, he just became a red shirt. Exactly. Star Trek <laughs> reference. I got that. I knew that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that was kind of tough upon rewatch. Um, and then the last thing I had was they give us such great characters and such great character arcs and development just to, like, literally yeet everybody out of the galaxy and murder them. Um, so like, I just put the death, oh, like all the death. Um, and obviously like that final scene between Cassian and Jin, um, it was absolutely emotional. And, um, part of me hates this and part of me loves this, that they didn't, um, you know, make it into a romantic moment because there is that tension between the two of them throughout the film. And, it's such a short mission. Like, I don't even think it, it crossed a, a few days. Um, so it would be kind of strange if they did just start making out on the beach. But I mean, <laughs> if the world was ending, like who, who knows, you know, what, uh, what would happen. But part of me likes that they didn't just throw it into the plot and make a romance and just have them have a smooch. But um Part of me wishes that it was there. I don't know. It's kind of strange, (laughs) Um, but just really beautiful and sad all at the same time. Um, But I did have one question for you, Andrew. Um, When they're in the um, vault looking at all the projects, she scrolls through a lot of names and obviously she lands on Project Stardust and she goes, Uh, um, you know, oh yeah, I know it's me. And and he's like, how do you know that's you? And she's like, because it's my name or whatever. Um, she scrolls through like right before Stardust. There's one called, I think it was called Project Black Saber. Is that the Dark Saber? I don't know. I've, I've always meant to look into that because I thought about that. I was like, when that movie came out, I was like, is that what that's supposed to be? And I just, I don't know why, but I never looked into it. Mm. Um, I need to look into that. I don't know. I don't know if it's like the Empire. I mean, I would I would assume, I right? Know. Like, what else could it be? Maybe they're trying to invent their own. I don't know. Maybe it was before they got Bo-Katan's Darksaber from her. They were going to maybe, like, forge a copy. That way they could be in charge of Mandela. I don't I don't know. That, that kind of sounds stupid now that I say it out loud, but there it is. 
No, no, I don't and then, think that's. Did great. you notice one of the uh, files before it was hyperspace tracking? Oh yes, no, I totally I missed that. Notice. That I did <gasps> notice hyperspace from, tracking. Um, oh, from the Last Jedi. Right, because they were working like, on it thirty years prior. Right. Yeah, they, there's all these little little drops throughout the movie that you know certain people catch, and, and some people just kind of glance over. Um, mm. So, but they, but then they blew up those records when they destroyed Scarif. So, did they have a backup drive somewhere? Are they on an external <laughs> hard drive? Is it in the cloud? <laughs> think, Do they I have like iCloud? <laughs> certain shifts have some information, but I think Scarif is like one of the few places they have all of it in one one place. Well, it's so like some... definitely in the cloud now because it's blown up. Well, <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that Rogue One, if it wasn't for rebels i think this would be our favorite like total star wars story and i feel sure. like if it wasn't for regos Re- rebels would be called um rogue radio which i think sounds cool as well. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool um, i think we might have toyed with that idea i think we had so many ideas going when we were trying to figure it out and then we picked one and then we realized crap that was already taken yep um, Woodstock of all that's okay i definitely like this name better <laughs> right yeah agreed um want to thank everybody for sticking with us this long can you believe this is our ninth episode that we've released yes we've done this for almost nine weeks wow yeah almost nine weeks and we still got plenty plenty of content to to go and talk about um next time when you join us we will be doing um another consult the council um so don't forget to send in your questions via social media for a chance for us to answer them live on the air and then shortly following that we are going to jump into episode four where everything began back in 1977 and we're gonna have a special guest host with us so stick around to figure out who that will be thanks for tuning in to this week's episode in the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.